0: The Kings are going to hope to not hear the glorious sounds of cannons tonight in Columbus. We're going to see what's in store for them in tonight's game against the Blue Jackets. All that on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of
1: the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: As always, my name is Sarah Pampato, host of Locked on Kings, and glad to be here with you as we talk about uh, your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, thank you for making today's show your maybe possibly first listen of the day every day on your favorite podcast app, network, whatever thing of choice. On today's show, we've got frequent uh, guest collaborator, friend of the show, this time talking about his own actual hockey team. We've got Jay from Locked on Blue Jackets here to... uh, Tell us what to expect in tonight's game as the Kings look to get back in the win column against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we're going to start things out with hearing about the Blue Jackets. And I'll just open with the broad question. What's up with the Blue Jackets?
1: God, how long do you have? I mean, like, approximately, approximately 28 like, minutes. That's how this Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the Blue Jackets are a very confusing team right now um they have been winning games that they probably shouldn't have won they've lost games that they probably should have won it's kind of it's kind of all over the place it's very strange they are getting a couple of names back tonight uh it looks like zakoranski will be returning he's missed three games uh with presumably some kind of concussion after wayne simmons tried to decapitate him uh last week so that's good um but for the most part the Blue Jackets have, like, one defenseman most nights. And for the past few nights, it's been Andrew Peake. Uh, who was who, who Andrew Peak? you ask, I'm sure. Um, that, that was exactly
0: who, the thing that I was just <laughs> thinking. Who Who is this man?
1: <laughs> he was very, very good for the Monsters last season. This is his first kind of full season in the Blue Jackets' top six. Uh, and he plays 28 minutes a night on average over the past three games. So... Blue Jackets are doing just great. It's a team full of children, um, which I think is the the main issue. It's a very, very, very young team. Young teams make mistakes. And it also doesn't help that we've had a lot of injuries this season as well. Uh, I don't believe we have had the full kind of optimal lineup this season for more than a couple of games at a time. I
0: feel like that's basically like the story of the Columbus Blue Jackets for the past several years, right? Is just no one is ever all healthy at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's not as bad as it was a few years back with the the injury curse where we like <laughs> set a new record for man games lost in a season or whatever. But uh, not great, you know. Uh, the goalie situation is getting better. Uh, it will be Elvis Mustlekins in goal tonight. It will not be JF Barube, who in fairness was brilliant in the four games that he played. The Blue Jackets, when uh, all of our goalies inexplicably died, but Elvis is back. He's healthy. Jonas uh, Korpisalo is getting there, but I don't believe he will be ready to back up tonight. So you will get to see JF Bruve. He will be on the bench. But yeah, the Blue are getting healthier. They're still missing Texier, who uh, started the season on the fourth line and then like scored ten goals in his first like twenty games of the season or something, which is something that I don't think anyone was expecting. Uh, Jake Bean is still out, and I believe Adam Boquist is out as well. So there's you know, two of our top four defensemen, which I assume means that Andrew Peak will continue to play a bajillion minutes, but getting Wierenski back, definitely good. Blue Jacket's getting healthier, still not 100% healthy, but also not as terrible as, like, this time two weeks ago
0: how is boone jenner the one leading the scoring how did that happen that is not the name i expected to see when i opened up the the stats page um so
1: partially i think it's because he keeps stealing all of patrick lyon's power play goals (laughs) um he does the he's got that dustin brown thing of just kind of hanging out in front of the the goalie during a power play and so, a lot of his power play, he has. A, I think he leads the team in power play goals. He has five or six power play goals on the season, uh, and I believe all of them are actually just Patrick Laine shots that have bounced off of Jenner and into the net. So, like that's helping. Um, but I think also it does help that he is playing on that top line. He has been centering Patrick Laine for most of the season, and so you know, it uh, more ice time comes with more opportunities to score. Um, and Boon Jenner is a really interesting a really interesting kind of case study I think for the captaincy because there was a lot of talk when Nick Felino got the the sea he was coming off his best season ever he had like a 70 point season or something uh they named him the captain and then his production just dropped off a cliff <laughs> I still think that he was the right choice to be captain I think he was a fantastic captain you know uh clearly off the ice just an absolutely phenomenal uh human being but Something about wearing the C, I think, got to him on the ice. He put a lot of pressure on himself and he didn't live up to that pressure as much as he wanted to or anyone wanted to, I think. And it's basically the exact opposite with Boone Jenner, who seems to have taken this, this um, leadership role and been like, right, well, I'm going to lead on the ice. Uh, I think he's he's good in the room as well. I think he's good off the ice. Obviously, you know, you can't comment on on stuff like that when you you aren't there, but... Boone has been leading by example, so it's, uh, it's really good to see. I was curious to see how he would do this season with, uh, you know, being a new captain, and I still don't think he's a centre, but he's kind of the best we've got right now. We have, like, two and a half centres, and one of them is 18 years old, so, you know, we kind of have to use him <laughs> as a centre, but I still think he's stronger on the wing, but he is definitely benefiting from playing next to Patrick Line as most players would, I think.
0: Yeah, I feel like you could put just about anyone there. And yeah, you, you might not score the goal yourself, really, other than it bouncing off of you, but you sure are gonna be <laughs> be involved in stuff. Um this is of course the first year post John Tortorella, uh, as all of that unfolded last season, um, you know, Brad Larson, obviously new to, to the head coaching role, not a new figure around the Blue Jackets world, though. Um, is this sort of what you expected? Like, was this year always going to be kind of transitional? Um, you're not like the Blue Jackets for anyone who hasn't checked out the standings lately. Uh, they're just out of the wild card spot, technically, but there's 10 points between them and Washington who's holding down the, the last wildcard spot in the East. So, you know, hashtag you're telling me there's a chance, but, you know, it's, I, I think that it kind of is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah, it's it's very strange. The cynical answer with Brad Larson is that the Blue Jackets knew they were going to suck this year and they didn't want to pay big bucks for a guy like Gerard Gallant to come in and coach a bad team. Um, I think they were like, well, Brad Larson's going to be cheap The team's going to be bad. We might as well just kind of get it over with. Um, And then they have kind of exceeded expectations, we'll say. You know, this season, for me, I've, I've said from the very beginning, like, they're playing with house money. Every single expert, insider, stats guy, whatever, was like, the Blue Jackets are going to be at the bottom of the Metro division, probably challenging for bottom of the league overall. and. Yeah, okay, the Blue Jackets are, what, 10 points out of a, a wild card spot right now, but they've got two games in hand against Washington, who are currently holding that second wild card spot, and Washington's kind of in a, a bit of a free fall right now. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Blue Jackets make the playoffs, um, which I think is makes is going to make trade deadline very interesting because I don't know what Yamo's going to do. I don't think anyone knows what Yamo's going to do except uh, Yamo. Maybe but- I have really liked Brad Larson this season. Um, the Blue Jackets probably aren't playing as good hockey under him as they were under John Tortorella, but they're playing more fun hockey. And honestly, and this is the thing that I've kind of been been enjoying, is the players are being more creative. They're being more dynamic, I guess because they're not afraid to make mistakes. And I think that was the problem with John Tortorella at the end was, well, why is the power play so bad? And I think it was almost like paralysis. You know, they were so afraid to make a mistake and, and get a shorthanded chance because they knew if they made a mistake, then Tortorella was probably going to staple them to the bench for the next, you know, 40 minutes of the game or whatever. And Brad Lassen doesn't doesn't do that he doesn't bench guys for making mistakes. You know, the the players are allowed to screw up. And I think that's done leaps and bounds for their confidence and their willingness to try new things and have fun with it. And yeah, it doesn't work out all the time, but it makes the games a lot more fun and the players seem to enjoy play. The players seem to enjoy playing under Brad Larson, which, you know, is, is good. And I think, they needed a coach like brad larson who is kind of more of a player's coach as opposed to a uh a coach coach mm-hmm. the the tortorella was if that makes sense
0: yeah it, yeah i feel like that is sort of the that makes sense of you know everyone knew this wasn't going to be a squad that was going to win the stanley cup so let's just have like nice friendly face in here to loosen everyone up and then you know go from there um Before we jump into some questions about the Kings, is there, who's sort of your unexpected star this season for the Blue Jackets? Other than, you know, Boone Jenner somehow being the leading scorer, who's your like under the radar pick this year?
1: Uh, I think an under the radar pick for MVP, for me anyway, is uh, Jake Voracek, who we haven't (laughs) even talked about yet. Uh, Blue Jackets made a, I would call it a huge trade. Um, they it was basically one for one. I think uh, Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek, swapping a scorer for a playmaker that hurt on like an emotional level. You know, Cam Atkinson was one of my favorite players. He really loved the team. I thought he was going to be a Blue Jacket for life. Traded him to Philadelphia for Jake Voracek, and what we got in Jake Voracek was I think he's at forty assists on the season so far, <laughs> and thirty eight of those are primary assists it's it's bonkers like that that's what we got him here to do and so far he is performing above expectations he has two he only has two goals on the season but he's basically been stapled to Patrick Laine or Oliver Bjorkstrand who are probably our our best shooters on the team and he's just happy to pass them the puck all day every day so he is he is my my under the radar mvp
0: the two goals is just my favorite thing. Like,
1: yeah, what's the opposite of a Cy Young? Because varchek has got it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I hope he doesn't score any more goals because it's just really funny, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's so good. I love it a lot. Well, we're going to come back and take a look at the Kings and get all of the questions answered for Blue Jackets, folks. Uh, for that, I believe you get to tell me about some snacks. Is that right?
1: I sure do, because I love snacks. You love snacks. I don't really think there's anyone out there that doesn't love snacks. Uh, and Bilbar Bar is the best snack because it fulfills that uh, craving for, oh, if I don't eat a candy bar right now, I might die. And also uh, soothes the guilt of eating said candy bar, knowing that I should be eating healthy. Because Bilt Bar is uh, a protein bar. They taste exactly like a candy bar. They are delicious. They are nutritious. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. They have a ton of incredible flavors. They are low calorie, high protein, uh, high fiber, low carb. They've only got four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. And they are are delicious like that. For me, the biggest selling point is always, man, these taste good as hell. Uh, And even better, my personal favorite, uh, they've got Built Puffs, which are uh, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are soft, they are delicious. And uh, I can't get enough of them. I've read out, actually. Uh, they are they are pretty tough to get over here, but Sarah was kind of to send me a bunch, and uh, they were my favorite, and they're probably gonna be yours as well. But here's the best bit: if you go to built.com, use promo code lock to 15, you can get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKS 15 for 15% off at Built.com on bars, puffs, energy, uh, Built Boost. They have all kinds of, of great stuff, but you should go for the Built puff.
0: All right. Get your snacks from Built.com. You are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, and thank you for making today's show your first listen, maybe possibly uh, of the day, every day here on the Locked On, the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, of course, for your, for your next listen, uh, you can go check out the Locked On Now podcast. It features nightly recaps of NHL games, analysis from our local experts. So anything that you want to know about uh, hockey-wise, you can go find that on Locked On Now. It is, of course, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And so now I'm going to turn things over to Jay from Lockdown Blue Jackets, who's going to get all of his questions answered, maybe, I guess, about the Los Angeles games.
1: Well, I've come prepared with a list of the stupidest questions. Excellent, that's what I love. Because I feel like that's really what we're here for. Yes. Um, My first question is, is Adrian Kempe legit like is or is are we being blinded by his like beautiful hair and smoldering gaze
0: i think it's like 60 40 that's how the math works right yeah 60 40 i think that like i mean some of it is i mean obviously the flow the like sassy nature like that that you know really helps his case um i do think that you know once they ended the adrian kempe as a center experience and once they decided to put him with like other players who actually can like help create plays and stuff like Anja Kopitar, like shocking Adrian Kempe is actually like good. Like, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think this is like who he really is as a player. I think it's probably somewhere in between what we've seen from him in the past, but it's amazing what happens when you put someone in a position to succeed and you stop trying to make them be like, someone they're not um his shooting percentage this season is crazy it's 15.9 percent his uh, career average is like 11.4 so he's definitely outperforming in those regards but you know what I'll take it because it's it's a delight
1: yeah and I feel like 15 is not like stupidly high mm-hmm. like for the moon shooting percentage like I'm pretty sure Patrick Lyon is shooting at like a 32 percent Or something this season, Mm -hmm. like that, feels unsustainable and bonkers. But a fifteen shooting percent seems pretty sustainable. I think league average is about twelve to thirteen percent, so this might just be you know a little high. But also, this might just be who Adrian Kempe is. Um, Right. But the Kings, like the Blue Jackets, are a fairly young team, uh, which I feel like surprises a lot of people. You know, you've I know you've talked about it on Locked On Kings about how there's this perception that the Kings are this like old, boring, slow team, and they just aren't that anymore. Hmm. Um, and so they've got a ton of young, exciting players. Uh, you know, Adrian Kempe is probably on the older end of those young, exciting players, which feels wild. But, yeah. you know, you've got Quinton Byfield. You've got Sean Dursey, who is a delight to watch every single game. Talk about the the youth on your team and how exciting it is to have players that are not a million years old.
0: Right. It's definitely new and different uh, seeing yeah, like these young talents, uh, players who aren't, you know, they haven't had the creativity like worn out of them yet. Uh, it, it's just a lot of cool glimpses of what the future could look like for this team. Uh, Quinton Byfield, I feel like is, is is in an interesting position because he's still kind of, you know, getting his feet wet, uh, you know, jumping into the NHL as a center is a little different than A slightly softer landing as a winger, like he has more defensive responsibilities and everything. Um, And yeah, sure. Like you'll see him make plays where you're like, oh, well, you sure shouldn't have done that. You know, he's certainly gotten burned on his share of plays. Um, The scoring hasn't quite caught up up to, to him yet, but you can see him, you can see like the hockey IQ at work and you can see that he is, you know, occasionally will make plays that you're like, I don't know how he did that. Um, and so it's really cool to get to see his sort of first, like extended foray into the NHL, because you're starting to get an idea of like what the player is that he can be in the future. Also, anyone out there who is like calling him like Quentin Bustfield or something, I will find you and fight you because slow your roll, man. Um, you know, Arthur Calley, I've just had two goals in a otherwise like forgettable game, uh, Shocking what happens when you put him in a position to succeed as well. Uh, And, you know, he's a player with just a, a deadly shot and he is not always put in a place where he can use it. And much like Adrian Kempe getting to finally play in a position that's better suited to him, like on the power play, they kind of moved him around and oh, shocker, like he's actually in a place where he can get that one time shot off and like actually do something with it. Um, so he, you can see what he can be in the future. Uh, we're seeing it kind of before our eyes. And one guy that I know that we've talked about before uh, is Jared Anderson Dolan, who has spent this whole season, essentially in the AHL. Uh, he's gotten a couple of games in a call up, but you know, just hasn't you know, a victim of the numbers game. There just hasn't been room for him in the NHL lineup. And he has been called back up. He practiced on the top line. So it was him Kempe and Andre Kopitar. So that feels exciting um it feels like a really good chance for him uh and after a couple of very meh games in a row from the kings where they needed someone to score uh it's not surprising that they've shaken things up a little bit so i'm glad that uh our boy jad is gonna get uh, get some more chances to show what he can do at the nhl level
1: we we do love jad here at locked on kings um as a as a Mm part-time locked on kings person we do love jad (laughs) Um, Someone else that I want to talk about The Kings, for me May have won the free agency Period Mm -hmm. In the off-season With the signing of uh, Philippe Dano As Mm -hmm. uh, Laura Saba of Lockdown Canadians Calls him (laughs) Uh, He has been Like, I knew he was good But I feel like giving him Again, giving him competent wingers Has been a revolution or a revelation for for the kings, um, and then obviously Alexander Edler was mm-hmm. horribly murdered and <laughs> will never be seen again. Um, but those two signings, I think, really were the perfect signings for the kings. Uh, but the the De one, especially, uh, strikes me as just such a good piece of
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, like bridge work between. Kopitar and Byfield
0: yeah yeah it's I I loved that signing when it happened I love it even more now that we're seeing what we're getting out of Phil Deneau who you know it feels like he has been around forever and like as someone who you know followed him when he was a prospect still in Chicago system I feel like I have known Phil Deneau forever Um, he's 29 which I feel like is I guess, old in hockey terms, sort of, but it's- Don't say that. Yeah. As as a
1: (laughs) 29-year-old, don't say that.
0: But yeah, I feel like he's like just kind of hitting his peak in terms of, you know, just again, a a player who's being put in the right situations and is being given the opportunities to succeed. I mean, we saw what he could do defensively with Montreal. Um, I, I love the fact that he was basically Mark Stone's worst nightmare in the playoffs against vegas and the kings saw that and were like we want that um so we would you know, like, like montreal, to torture like, the kings right the, the, like, the knights even right we would like
1: to torture the knights
0: right like they they saw their opportunity and they took it and i love them for it um you know i i think with phil denot too looking at, at montreal like i think that they you know they acquired him because they knew he was a good defensive center Um, you know, when he was with Chicago, I was always basically like, he is like new improved Marcus Kruger, essentially of like that same kind of profile of like very defensively responsible, uh, tough to play against, but also the improvement is that he could actually score some goals. Uh, and I think Montreal just didn't put him really in a position to be a goal scorer. I think that they were like, well, you do the defenses now and you let the other guys score the goals and the Kings are just like, I don't do whatever you want, man. And, and we're seeing that. So I, I think that it's, it's definitely, he's become a very quick fan favorite with Kings fans. Uh, people love him. Everyone is super hyped about the signing now. Probably I'm sure you can go back and half their Twitter histories and see them, you know, dumping on it whenever Rob Blake made it. Um, Edler, I feel like Edler, I'm so bummed that he got hurt because that was a signing that I was like, ah, this could be a nothing signing. Like he's just a guy who's there to kind of rotate in and out of the lineup. Uh, and he very quickly came in and showed like, you know, he still has something left in the tank. Like, no, he's not fast. I don't know that he was ever fast. Uh, but he just played such a steady game and you, you knew what to expect from him. And, you know, having that sort of, leadership on on the back end was great. Uh he hasn't played since early December. December 11th was his last game played when he got hurt. He played a minute and 7 seconds before someone on the wild hurt him. Uh, I think that he's getting close to coming back. he uh, is his was a broken ankle which was the same thing that happened to Quentin Byfield but obviously uh, you know if uh Fielden knows 29 is old in hockey years. Um Alex Edler's 35. Uh, almost 36 is like
1: basically dead keeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's going to take a little longer to come back from a broken ankle than Quentin Byfield would, but I will be excited to see what happens when he comes back in the lineup, uh, you know, how he rotates back in. Um, But he, it was such a like sneaky, good signing that I expected nothing from. And then it turned out that he actually like was very beneficial on a sort of weird Kings blue line this year.
1: Yeah, I feel like Alexander Adler is one of those guys that you never see. Mm-hmm. You never you never think, oh, yeah, he had a really good game. And then you look at, like, the underlying stats and you're like, oh, he killed every offensive <laughs> chance that the other team <laughs> had. You know, he, yeah. he, he doesn't play that. I think, he, didn't he just score his 100th career goal this mm-hmm. season? Yes. After, like... Fifteen years in the league, you know yes. he's not—he's not, he's not going to score goals, but he is there to make sure that the other team does not also score goals. So the only time you really notice him is when he makes a mistake, and he doesn't do that very often. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he—he—he yeah, he kind of snuck up on me as well. I was watching some some Kings game—Kings uh, games—early this season. I was like, oh hey, <laughs> this guy is is pretty good. So uh, I I hope he goes back as a as a part-time Kings fan. Uh, I think the the Kings blue line has missed him. Uh, one more. I think we have time for one more question before we have yeah. to go into go into break. Uh, yeah. Todd McClellan seems to have accidentally become a good coach. What's <laughs>
0: <with that>? good? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a combination of you know the 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 years of work of him trying to set the Kings up with the system that he wants, kind of finally paying off, and he actually has a lot more talent under him this year than he has in the previous years in his King's tenure. Um, he does, of course, have COVID right now. Uh, he I think he was back practicing with the team today, but they're not sure if he's going to be cleared to like be behind the bench. Um, but you know, I, I think that he, one of the things that I've appreciated about Todd McClellan and watching him is that he helps, or at least my perception of it is that he helps the players understand why he's asking them to do something. Um, It's one thing as a player to be like, I know my coach wants me to make sure that I'm there whenever this play happens. But for a player to be able to explain it and to know why they're doing it, I think goes a long way towards helping them really kind of like internalize the system that they're playing and know, know the reasons behind what they're doing. I've definitely, you know, obviously not in the King system, but in the work that I do reporting on the Chicago Wolves, uh, especially I've talked to a lot of players who, you know, can't break down a play for you. And it's not just a, like, I, I can't break it down because you aren't a hockey player. Therefore you will not understand what I'm saying. It's just that they, their way of communicating what happened is basically like crash the net. Like there is no Nuance or like understanding of what they did or why. And then you come across the players who very clearly get why they had to do what they did. And you know, you know, I moved over here, which helped set up this, which helped set up this, which helped set up the goal. Uh, and I think that Todd McClellan's really invested in making sure his players understand that why. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously I haven't talked to any of the Kings players to, to know that for sure, but having watched a lot of Kings practices and stuff, you know, you, you get to see how he interacts with them on the ice and what he is trying to teach them. Uh, you know, you, you, you shouldn't, you, they're, they're NHL players. They don't need to learn how to play hockey, but they do need to learn how you are expected to play in, you know, with this team. And I, I have, There have been times earlier in the season, even where I was like, I don't know if he's the right guy to lead us through this, but things seem to have kind of evened out. Uh, And, you know, I think that he's earned the benefit of the doubt, I guess, uh, in terms of being patient. Uh, And, you know, now that, yeah, now that he has actual, actual hockey players, basically on all of his lines, uh, I think the expectations are a lot higher. When
1: will he? send the corpse of Dustin Brown to the Shadow Realm.
0: <laughs> I think he has to apply for permission from the High Council before he can do that. <laughs> um, so it depends on when the leg like, village is not under siege by a dragon and can be like returned, the, the owl message can be returned to him.
1: Okay, that seems fair. I'll allow it. I'm, I'm going to start a free Kaliev hashtag on Twitter, <laughs> I've decided.
0: Yeah, I think you should. I, I think that that would be very good. <laughs> We'll talk about that uh, coming up next. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about betonline.net because football is, of course, over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. It is indeed March Madness. So if you are into the basketballs, well, Bet Online has everything for you. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And of course, it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Uh, Basically, anything you could think of, you can find there. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. So before we get into predictions, what we think is going to happen, whatever, I will give you this opportunity to talk about the free Arthur Colley of movement.
1: I just think he should be freed from Brendan Lemieux and put on that third line with Byfield and Ayfa that's that's it. I just think he he has played well he has played a really smart brand of hockey. He has responded well I think to the coach telling him that he needs to be better at certain things. I think he has made a massive improvement throughout the season and I would like to see him rewarded by getting real line mates as much as I like Blake Lizotte, um, and Brendan Lemieux is there, I guess. I do think he has earned this small promotion to playing with an actual center and a winger that knows biting is wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it would be such an easy swap too, because you know, realistically thinking about sort of the style of that fourth line of Lemieux and, and Lazat together, it is very much the stereotypical, like energy line, like we come in to like hit things and, you know, mess things up and whatever. Uh, And that, that's like Dustin Brown's career is being that player Um, and giving uh, Kaliev the opportunity to play with Quentin Byfield, who I'm, you know, fairly certain they have spent time together in, in ontario on a line together and if they haven't they should have uh and then with a like uber defensively responsible werewolf child like alex i follow hashtag biting um (laughs) there's like 18 werewolf jokes and i'm really just trying not to make them um but yeah it'd be such an easy swap and i hope that eventually they get there i know that like the optics of you know Further shuffling Dustin Brown down the lineup, whatever. But like, listen, at the end of the day, yeah, you have to win hockey games, and if someone's feelings are hurt, I'm sorry. But Dustin Brown is an adult. Like, he, I think, can and should recognize that he isn't quite playing up to like the expectations that you know we have for him. And the past couple seasons, it is frustrating because he sort of turned things around the past couple of years, and you were like, oh wow, Dustin Brown's actually like contributing well this season this season he hasn't so I I am all about this I think it would be a great move it would be an easy move and I think that Todd McClellan should do it so I'm gonna go write a letter to my high council to uh, <laughs> petition Todd McClellan to do the thing
1: I got yeah I got really excited when I saw the line and I was like okay Jad's going up on that top line I follow is moving down ooh a line of I follow field and field that could be really fun and then nope Instead, this. Um, yeah. In fact, like I feel like the Dustin Brown's feelings could not be more hurt by being put on the fourth line than the time they mm. took the captain away from him, you know? Right. Like, right. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But this, I, I'm very upset by the concept of this game existing, um, <laughs> because on the one hand, I would like the Blue Jackets to win, but on the other hand, I would also like the Kings to win. Um, and so here I am in the middle, obviously rooting for the Blue Jackets to win, but I don't want to make the Kings too sad, um, especially considering the the Boston nightmare and then <laughs> the indignity of losing to the Dallas Stars. Disgusting. Terrible. It's not yeah. like losing to the to the Knights bad, but losing to the <laughs> Stars, it's just, there's no it's dignity bad. in it, you know?
0: No, no. Especially when you were winning and then you decided to just basically stop playing for like four minutes and then you lose. Like, don't do that. How about
1: yeah maybe instead do the opposite of that right um i suspect this game is going to be a nightmare um, (laughs) and not just because i'm invested in both sides (laughs) i just i feels like a game that's going to be messy Mm -hmm. i have no logical reasoning to back that up it just feels like a nightmare game waiting to happen
0: yeah and i think this is a game that i think i think we said the i think they said the expectation is that Jonathan Quick is starting, I think, which could be.
1: Oh, he's gonna try and murder Ben Jenna. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could be adventurous. <laughs> yeah. If this feels like a game that, my guess is, high scoring for no good reason. yep We're gonna see some stupid goals, because that on both sides just feels right. This feels like an overtime game, which I feel like, like. You know, as someone, you're someone who is invested a little bit on both sides. That's always my, like, preferred outcome whenever I kind of like both teams. It's like, well, at least everyone gets a point. And then we also get the anxiety of overtime hockey.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a win-lose, real win-lose scenario. The <laughs> ideal is, I think, a 2-1 overtime win for the Blue Jackets. Because then the Kings don't get shut out, but Elvis still has a good game and also mm-hmm. the Blue Jackets win. And also, there are not a million goals because I don't know if I've talked about this on Lockdown Kings before. Lockdown Bluejackets listeners know that I intensely dislike high-scoring games <laughs> because it makes the goalie sad, and that's yeah. not allowed.
0: Right? I mean, and like, listen, like Elvis Merleikins is just a like happy little like Latvian puppy. Like him being sad is probably illegal in places
1: it's definitely illegal he's just he is just a he's just a little guy he's just a happy little guy um and i would like for him to always be happy and the team has been disappointing him recently so i would like for them to not do that however i suspect hockey. i suspect it's going to be 4-3 yeah
0: that's what what i'm leaning
1: towards feels like a 4-3 hockey game you know
0: yeah yeah who's who's your uh opening scorer for the blue jackets who gets the first goal
1: oh man it's gonna be real dumb (laughs) it's gonna be so stupid it's gonna go enough off someone's butt man i think it's gonna be it's probably gonna be like sean corrales or max domi max domi is gonna be my pick actually that feels that feels right for this game and i also feel like max domi's gonna try and fight brendan lemieux at some point even though i'm pretty sure they're friends that doesn't matter it feels like they're gonna fight
0: Right. I mean, and especially like, I mean, the whole like intergenerational, I mean, we've already seen Lemieux Kachuk nonsense. It feels like Lemieux and Domi is also uh, like, I'm, I just assume their dads had beef.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if there are many players out there that Ty Domi did not have beef with, <laughs> but um, it was extremely funny. Max Domi got his 300th career point uh, oh. in the most recent game, which is neat. And he had his, I think his 100th, he's not he's on 99 goals um and he was talking to Jodie Shelley our color commentator about this and he was like yeah Ty's got 104 and so he That's, is uh
0: so close
1: he's so close to beating his dad's goal scoring record and that kind of like man I wonder if anyone like is he even close to beating Ty Domi's penalty minutes
0: oh gosh and I
1: don't think so <laughs>
0: Like, his career penalty minutes probably equal, like, one season of Ty Domies. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, I, also, I honestly keep forgetting he's on the Blue Jackets. I feel like Twitter GMs have basically traded him so many times that I forget that he's still there.
1: He probably will not be there for much longer. Yeah. Um, I am manifesting a trade to Toronto for their first-round pick because that feels right.
0: Mm-hmm. know they love
1: the homegrown kid he has that hashtag grit
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, he's
1: having a pretty good season uh, for the blue jackets and Kyle Dubas is a bad GM so
0: shots fired I like it I like it so for first score for the Kings my heart says Jared Anderson Dolan because I just want that to happen I want him to score a goal and be like see I should have been up here all along my like Guts say that it's a really stupid goal from like Brendan Lemieux or something. Like,
1: oh yeah, that, again, that feels right. Right. Um, like, I don't. I you, don't
0: think we're getting any pretty goals in this one.
1: No, it's it's going to be messy goals. It's going to yeah. go in off knees and butts and, <laughs> st- and own goals. Yeah. Would you like to guess how many penalty minutes Tidomi has?
0: Like career or career? Career. How I many give seasons? You i'll give you
1: his uh where is it okay he has in his career he got his season high was 365 penalty minutes in one season
0: oh my god (laughs) (laughs) he's been around what like five years four six
1: he had 15 seasons this is Ty Domi's. Oh, oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. I thought we were talking about like Max Domi and I was like, okay. No, no, Ty, Do- Ty Domi
1: in... 15 seasons. In 1997 really? and 1998 with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he had a 365 oh penalty minutes in 80 games and four so goals.
0: So many. I'm get, let, let's just give him a nice even 3,000 penalty minutes. Career.
1: Higher. He had... Oh my gosh. Yeah, he had 3,515 career penalty minutes.
0: That's how much time did he spend on the ice playing?
1: (laughs) Not that much.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a lot.
1: That's... That's a lot. Sure is.
0: Man. Yeah. If they don't get in each other's faces tonight.
1: I will be shocked.
0: Yes, it feel it feels inevitable. Yeah, man, the sport it's something else.
1: It's real dumb.
0: <laughs> well, this unlike this game has been a delight. Uh, it's not been dumb. It's been delightful. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on the Columbus Blue Jackets as we uh, wrap things up? Any anything that you have on your mind about this most likely ridiculous game?
1: Yeah, I just hope that no one gets hurt. Yeah. And that both teams have a modicum of fun. I would like this yeah. game to be fun. I don't need it to be good. I would like it to be fun. Yes,
0: yes. I I can care. I'm hoping for fun, especially after the, the Kings' past couple of games have been the opposite of fun. So I'm really looking, yeah, for fun. No one gets hurt. Um, I I in the in the interest of fun, I want it to be like a five four game, but we'll see. That's not fun. That's the opposite of fun. That's because I'm not a goalie. Fun is when are. the goalies
1: do good things. Like there was well, a, a one nothing Penguins New York game last week, and I was like, "This is the ideal. This is what I want every game to be." I know I'm I'm the worst hockey that's
0: fan. Fine. That's fine. It's whatever. We're all entitled to our opinions, and we'll 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 see who's who's closer to being right. Um, <laughs> this has been delightful. We of course will keep hearing from you uh, throughout. Uh, the, the, the dawn of time, as we uh, always welcome you back on the show uh, to talk about Mini Kings and Adrian Kempe's great flow and anything else that happens to come to mind. For people who want to hear more about the Blue Jackets for secret reasons or anything else, where can they find you and your work online?
1: Uh, Yeah, so you can find me over at LO underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. That is the uh, podcast's Twitter. I am underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you would like some Star Wars and dog pictures uh, mixed in with your hockey, I also cover the Ontario Reign for Field Pass Hockey. Uh, So you can find my written work over at fieldpasshockey.com or at fph rain and i will of course be back here on monday for mini kings
0: monday excellent and for blue jackets people and also anyone who doesn't already know you can find me on twitter at right said sarah the show is on twitter at locked on la kings uh you of course can find it wherever you get your podcasts if you want some western conference news in general you can find me on wednesdays with Jess belmasto as we talk about the western conference on locked on nhl uh all of the shows available on podcast places and youtube places and wherever you can think of so that is it for today thank you so much for listening uh now make your second listen of the day lock on fantasy hockey where hosts steel Roden and flip livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts so go check it out and go crush your competition that is it for today thank you so much for listening thank you jay for joining the show again And we, of course, will have more next week on Lockdown Los Angeles Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.